Hi, I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins from Your Black World, and uh, today many of you saw that LeBron James was headed back to Cleveland, which really shocked the hell out of me. I didn't think he was ever going to go back, especially after the way people treated him. But there is a, uh, an expert on sports, uh, a respected sports writer, uh, John John Henry Harris, who writes on uh, the Ball Sports Network as well as ReasonForRhymes.com, and he had he seemed to think that this could happen from the very beginning he has some insights on this that that i can't give you but i was real curious to talk to him about it and first i want to ask john how you doing today brother hey man doing great it's been a great day in sports lebron is the prodigal son is returning home yeah really <laughs> so 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 you think uh, so let me ask you this man i when i heard that lebron was going back well actually when i heard people speculating that he might go back i said there's no way no way i mean when he left Cleveland, they treated him so bad. I mean, the blood just seemed so bad that I just thought people were engaging in wishful thinking. Now, you thought this was a possibility from the beginning? Yeah. So I thought it was a possibility. Um, the letter that Dan Gilbert wrote about LeBron four years ago when he posted it up on the Cavs website, I, that, I always felt that would be a big obstacle to overcome. Uh, but, you know, they have that old saying that the ones you love, your family, are the ones that hurt you the most. And that kind of played out uh, with LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the fans. And that's why I always felt that, you know, important. It, it was actually needed for LeBron to come back. Mm. You know, so I always felt that was it was it was needed and imminent. Mm. So you, you feel when you say needed, you mean it who who needed it when you say need what what do you mean by that i feel like when i say need i mean like the city needed it just to heal uh they haven't had a major championship since 1964 uh i, I lived in cleveland for a short time and uh you'd be surprised how things like that really affects the psyche of the average person walking the streets of a city um them wanting a championship so bad, not having one and being disappointed year after year after year and sport after sport after sport, uh, it really weighs on the general collective psyche of the people. And LeBron James, I know he understands from that area. And I think he knows that he's one of the few people at this time that can really uh, that can really help with that situation. And I think that's why he's also, you know, a big Johnny Manziel fan as well. Johnny football. You know, because that area needs that kind of excitement, upliftment. You know, they need that. Interesting. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to go back and revisit some of what Dan Gilbert wrote uh, publicly to LeBron or actually to the Cleveland fans about, about LeBron. First thing that he talked about in the letter is he says um, he talks about that that ill, ill-conceived uh, TV special LeBron did. Uh, right. the decision which even LeBron regrets that decision a lot of people felt that it was problematic so Gilbert actually says that it, it was announced with a several day narcissistic self-promotional build-up culminating with a national tv special of his decision unlike anything ever witnessed in the history of sports probably entertainment he says uh, and then he goes down to uh, make a personal guarantee that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win an NBA championship <laughs> before the self-titled, self-titled, now that's a, that's yeah. a stab right there, For, former King wins one. So, you know, that's a lie. I mean, you know, and, and, and it's interesting. I mean, just the fact that this man, knowing how many 
tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, as long as well as a lot of luck it takes to win a championship, right. would, would make a personal guarantee like that, that that he has not followed through on. That tells me that he was definitely letting his emotions get the best of him. And what really is interesting to me is this idea that somehow he concluded that LeBron owed him something, that he owed the city something. When LeBron, a lot of people feel that LeBron spent some of his his best years in Cleveland when he could have been playing in a big market, winning championships. All those years he was taking that sorry team <laughs> almost to the finals. Oh, almost, you know, I mean, literally making something out of nothing. And, and, and you're going to act like this man owes you, like he owes you his life? I mean, that, that offended me. Uh, what did you think about that? Well, um, it, it offends me as well, but not as much. Um, once I, like I said, I lived in Cleveland for a while. And when you get there, you, these people actually know LeBron. Like they see him, grew up with him. So I got to get a story, a side of the story that you're not going to get on the news. Uh, Dan Gilbert was like a father figure to LeBron. Um, Dan Gilbert, when I mean, you got to think the young man that, 18 years old that just got handed $9 million. You know, who do you think uh, coached LeBron through how to save his money, invest his money, how to take care of his money, uh, warning him about who's going to come to you, which snakes are going to start coming out of the grass? That was Dan Gilbert. Now, of course, there was kind of some uh, self-motivated because that's his prized investment as well. But or, it was a, or, or his prize Negro. Exactly. Know, he, uh, I'm sorry. He 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 helped this brother out, and I'm gonna let you finish. I, I didn't mean to cut you because you you know I respect you, man. I and I don't like even jumping in like that. But I'm, you know, okay. You gave him ninety million dollars, but he gave you probably two hundred million dollars worth of extraordinary play. Uh, first first of all, people don't understand this the dynamics, the financial dynamics. But NBA players are sorely underpaid. Uh, right. the, the contracts that they're getting today are not that much better than what they were getting back in 1996-97 before they had the lockout and the salaries were capped. So LeBron James, his market value can easily be estimated to a team of, of 50 to $80 million a year. Right. So that's let's get that out of the way. But then on top of that, he didn't give him this money to be nice because he wanted to help a brother out. He did it because LeBron is one of the greatest basketball players in NBA history. So yeah, okay, you paid him the money he you paid him almost what he was worth. He gave you the best years of his life. Uh, carried your sorry ass team farther than they ever would have went without him. And, and 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 you did some things for him. You you gave him some fatherly advice, made him feel good. But you don't own that man. No, and, that, that, and that's a problem. Please continue. Now the ninety million dollars I was speaking of, that was the Nike contract. I ain't even gonna. I'm not even gonna touch. You know what I'm saying? No, because LeBron will never. He will never get paid what he's worth because of the new collective bargaining agreement um, with the NBA and the owners and the players. The only winners are in that situation. We the collective bargaining agreement and the owners. They're the only ones that are going to be allowed to make money. Our automatic stipulation, uh, salary caps. You know, built into this, uh, built into the collective bargaining agreement. No player will ever get what they're worth. And I would, I, and on a side note, uh, NBA lockout coming soon. That will, I feel there will be one coming soon. But back to LeBron, um, you got to understand as well. I hate to talk about this, but you know his mother was young, and she was not 
necessarily the best role model for him growing up. So growing up, you know, it's also commonly known that uh, LeBron's mother would actually like take him and he would stay at teammates' houses and coaches and stuff like that for weeks and months at a time. Like I said, Dan Gilbert really did literally bring him in and and, and give him guidance. But like I said, there was was self-motivation behind that too. Um, But at the end of the day, if you go back and read Dan Gilbert's letter about to LeBron, about LeBron, he's talking about himself. Dan Gilbert's letter reflects on himself. That wasn't uh, LeBron's special wasn't the worst thing in sports uh, in history. That letter was the worst thing in sports history. When have you ever heard a team owner get that person like a jilted lover on the on the altar? You know what I'm saying? It's horrible. I mean, you got all this. It's, that's the worst display. That was the worst display I've ever seen, especially from an owner with that much money and supposed to have more integrity than that and intact. And, and I mean, that was horrible. And if you go back and read each line in that letter, everything reflected back on Dan Gilbert and the Cavaliers. LeBron left. He had to learn how to win a national uh, NBA Finals. He had to learn that. He learned that now. The Cavaliers, as an organization, they had to learn what it takes an NBA caliber, uh, NBA championship caliber team. And they proved that with the they made some awesome awesome deals in the 11th hour to free up cap space and prove that roster for LeBron James. The Cavaliers and the Knicks, so far, they've been the only two teams that have done anything, in my eyes, to improve their squads and make them a, win, a winning contender. Really? And the Cavaliers did it out of the blue. Uh, they proved, they showed their worth to LeBron. And like I said, that's home. The ones that love you the most are going to be the ones that hurt you the most. Mm. But they can get over that. So do you think that Cleveland, um, you mentioned they, they impressed they impress LeBron by making appropriate roster changes. Uh, do you think Cleveland instantly uh, has made themselves into a contender? Not just by adding LeBron, but by adding the pieces around him necessary to win a title? With a doubt. This is, this is my personal opinion. LeBron James, as great as a player as he is, as great as he is with the basketball, LeBron James, to me, plays best when he has an aggressive, young, stable point guard. And they have that in Kyrie Irving. They paid Kyrie Irving and the money he's worth and what he wants. He's not going anywhere. That compliments LeBron well. Uh, they're bringing in they, – they drafted Andrew Wiggins. Another high flyer. He's a one of the most athletic players to come out of the NBA, come out of the college ranks, and he made it to bring in Kevin Love, who was a three-time All Star. You know, someone who's proven his worth in the NBA, uh, which will help LeBron as well as a big as a uh, as a as a big scorer. Hmm. Um, they are they've made awesome, awesome, awesome moves. Uh, it's very impressive. Um, these are kind. Of, these are the kind of moves that uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are not known for making. They get in these number one picks who uh, NBA draft who end up being bust. Uh, they've been the laughing stock for the uh, league since LeBron left and before he got there. Um, 
They're showing their worth. They've grown as an organization. Uh, and I think that LeBron and the Cavaliers, uh, they have they have a lot. They've proven a lot to each other. And together, they're going to prove a lot more. So how do you think how do you think things pan out with uh, all the other free agents that are out here? I mean, you know, one of the things that I'd read was that uh, LeBron was holding up free agency. I think you actually wrote this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, you wrote yeah my brother. That's actually my brother. He wrote that oh. story. Uh, MD Harris, y'all, a new writer for uh, Boss Sports. Okay. Um, LeBron, he did. He literally had the NBA in a chokehold because every other everybody's decisions hinged on what he was going to do, um, almost to a point of detriment. Like uh, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was offered, what, four years, $88 million by the Houston Rockets. Mm. Um, that holding no, but he's waiting on LeBron to return to Miami. However, uh, Chandler Parsons, he had an option for the Houston Rockets to return for nine hundred thousand dollars because of the decision LeBron was LeBron, that because of LeBron's you know taking up so much time to make his decision, it held up Bosch, which also held up Chandler Parsons. So he ends up getting a forty-something million dollar, a forty-five million dollar offer from the Dallas Mavericks that the uh, that the Houston Rockets either must pay, match and pay him, or let him go. When they could have signed easily signed him back just by checking off that option for nine hundred thousand dollars. Wow, that, yeah, there's a big gap between nine hundred thousand dollars and forty-something million. Yes, that's uh, that's some real money right there. Okay, so so what do you think about uh, you know, some of the other big names in free agency, uh, like Carmelo Anthony? So I mean, does this uh, does LeBron's decision affect Carmelo's decision? If so, how? Oh, uh, I think so. Automatically, it's 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 not a secret to anybody. You know, uh, of course, uh, Carmelo was waiting in to see what LeBron is going to do. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure we're probably hearing uh, an, an answer from Carmelo either later on today, if not tomorrow. Uh, it, it, it like I said, his everything was just it was hinging on him because even the New York Knicks are report were reportedly trying to clear up clap space to possibly bring LeBron to the Knicks. Hmm. You know, uh, is I mean he was the, he's the greatest player on the planet right now, uh, the biggest free agent in the game uh, this year. Uh, everything revolved around him. Everything revolves around LeBron, around LeBron James. Interesting. Well, I'm going to ask the last question then. Um, what about Miami? Uh, tell me about. <laughs> first of all, I want to. You have, you have some interesting thoughts uh, on that too. Uh, I, I want to ask you first of all. You know, what do you think is, is the mood in Miami right now? Because it seems like they're not just losing LeBron; they can lose a lot more than that. But yes. then also, and not to mention losing face, just with the embarrassment of having this happen. But you actually said that you believe that Pat Riley down in Miami did some things to to cause some of this to happen. Please feel yeah. free. Uh, tell me everything you know about that. Oh man, Pat Riley. In the end of the day, Pat Riley's arrogant stance in the media, I think, kind of rub LeBron the wrong way. You don't in 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 the deal you don't you don't challenge LeBron in the media and you know you don't challenge LeBron in the media when you as an executive have work to do. You know, it's his job to put together a winning team around or just put together a winning team. Not even just just around LeBron, put together a winning team. And he challenged and he really challenged LeBron in the media uh on like if he if he 
if he's a real champion, he would come back and fight. This isn't a time to run. Uh, I'm confident that all the big three will be back in Miami. You don't say things like that. You don't say anything. That's not for you to say anything to the media. You work that out behind closed doors. And I think that played a big reason in LeBron leaving because the Cleveland Cavaliers executives responded. They didn't, they responded with making moves that Pat Riley should have been making, you know, instead of talking about how confident he is in bringing LeBron and the rest of the big three back to Miami. Hmm. So and then as far as, uh, excuse me, uh, oh, now, now as far as Miami is a franchise, they are, I, I mean, this is a real letdown. Uh, they have the worst, uh, they probably have the largest uh, bandwagon contingent uh, fan base <laughs> In the world, uh, you know, they made that clear uh, the way uh, during the finals against the Spurs when they were losing, when they leave the they leave the arena early. Uh, you know, the very fair weather fans, very very, you know, they've shown themselves to be fair weather fans. Uh, they have to do a lot because they're really going to lose a lot of money. Uh, they're still, you know, Miami is not really a, an old. Uh, franchise, they still, you know, they we got they got Miami. The Heat came to Miami during like the early '90s, late '80s. Hmm. So they're not a, you know, it's not like a, a storied program. When I was in high school in Florida when, uh, when when they uh, when game Heat when they came when the Heat when they when the Miami Heat when came to existence. I was in high school down in Florida, so I mean, it's not like. Then they, they have a lot of work. They have a lot of work that is down. Uh, Miami is, a, like I said, it's a. They don't many don't think of it as a sports town, but it really is when they're winning. You know, it's just like uh, you know, they're not like the New York Knicks. New York Knicks fans, even when the Knicks are losing, they will still sell out. They will sell out the ball. They will sell out the uh, Madison Square Gardens just to talk about how sorry their team is, but it's still <laughs> their team. You know, the Miami fans aren't like that. Interesting. So, um, and, and, and you can't help but to think that this this uh, recent championship performance just played a, a role in creating the momentum for everything just kind of hit rock bottom for them. I mean, they didn't just get beat. They got their asses kicked. I mean, they got embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, they – that I just – I remember, you know, I, I kind of followed it a little bit. And then I followed a little more closely when things got kind of crazy. And I was so impressed with, with what the Spurs had done, the, you know, the way they put together just uh, just a, an amazing organization, almost at the level yes. of the New England Patriots in terms yes. of how efficiently they do things. And, you know, and then on the converse, you see Miami, you're like, these guys act like they ain't never played basketball before. It was ugly. I mean, so so it almost seems like this was a natural follow-up. That it seems like just the mood of the organization just has to be so bad that they're just almost embarrassed to take a similar team out onto the court next year, knowing that if they get to the championship, there's nothing to be excited about. You you might just get your ass handed to you. And you know what else? And I'll say this, and I'll let you get the last word in. You know what it reminds me of? That that butt whooping they took reminds me. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of when UNLV beat the shit out of Duke in the championship back in 1990. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I think, what, they beat him by 30 points or something? I mean, just humiliated them. And and what was interesting, though, to me, the the difference is 
in in this case, everybody can bail out. Everybody's gone. In the Duke case, they had you know they had to stay. If that's your school, that's your school. Play. We know at college athletes don't have any rights, right? They don't. I guess right. apparently they don't deserve any. They, that's what people think. Um, and then they had they brought in Grant Hill. Uh, the, the next year, and they faced up against Vegas again in the Final Four, and they were able to pull off one of the great victories of all time. And I still remember that because I think I won fifty dollars in a bet in my dorm. <laughs> I literally, I'm telling you, the bet I had, the bet I had with the other guys in the dorm was I literally bet like, like I bet like maybe five dudes ten dollars a piece, something like that. And I literally bet them at the start of the uh, Final Four, or it's not Final Four, excuse me, start of the March Madness. My bet, my bet was that that. Um, any team other than Vegas will win the championship. All they had was Vegas. Wow. I had every. I had sixty-three teams. They had one. That's some and great odds, I, man. I thought they were great odds until I saw them guys get on the court. I mean, every game they were beating teams by 25, 30 points. And then I think I remember they played Georgetown. They had Alonzo Mourning and Dikembe yes. Mutombo, and I thought maybe that would be good. They they slaughtered them, you know. And then when they got down to the Duke game, I had given up. I didn't. Think, I said Duke, Duke can't come back after you know what happened last year, and they won that game, which which I think was one of the great great games in college basketball history. So let me ask you. So so you know to to actually end my little reminisce uh with a, with an actual question <laughs> um you know do you think that that this mood from the like for, for example let's say that they had lost in game seven by three points do you think that that energy would have been different coming into free agency that would have led to to different outcomes maybe lebron staying and saying we almost got it we just need to work on a couple of things so i'm gonna stay here and, and see it through uh or or do you think this would have happened no matter what um, I think it would have happened no matter what. Even, and even, this is, even if they had won the championship, you think he still he he would still leave? That's the only thing that may have been able to keep him there. Mm, okay. From here, dude, him going back to uh, Cleveland, like I said, it's uh it had to happen. Now to keep your same analogy going with UNLV running Rebels, uh, the best team ever bought and put together. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Um, that's what yeah. that's what Miami's big three was. Mm. Miami's big three and the Miami Heat, uh, they put together the best one of the best teams ever bought. However, this is a sport. And it's not just about physical. There's a there's a mental component. There's a you know, there's a strate- a, str- a strategic component to sports. And people forget that. You can have all the best athletes in the world on one team, but have another if they're playing another team that plays together, that follows assignments and executes, they will beat those better athletes. Maybe not all the time, but they will. Now the Spurs out coached, out executed, outplayed the Miami Heat. Popovich is one of the greatest. NBA minds in NBA history. And he put together a team that bought that buys into the system. They know their role and play. Spolstra is not a coach. There are times I cannot name one offensive set or what the offensive philosophy for the Miami Heat. Even do they have offensive philosophy? That's the problem. They don't even run plays. They give it to LeBron. Everybody sits back. 
waits for LeBron to score, hopefully. If he doesn't score, he's looking for the call, looking for the refs for a foul or trying to flop. And that's not going to work. LeBron, I mean, he's I'm, they never had it. They never played. They were balling. Miami Heat were balling, but they weren't playing basketball. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The sport is called basketball. Interesting. Well, you know, um, it's it's a uh, it's it's been an interesting shift of power, that's for sure. And uh, it'll also be interesting to see what Cleveland can do. Um, you know, I know that they're a city that has gone through some tragedies and traumas with their sports teams. Uh, I remember reading about the Browns owner uh, moving to Baltimore in the middle of the night. Yes, so, so that the fans I was there. Find out. Oh, you were there. Yeah. So wow. It's um, you know, it's 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 interesting. You know, the, the, that loyalty seems to be important, and people are passionate about their sports. I'm I'm curious to see how people treat him. My argument is that. I think Cavs fans owe LeBron an apology. I think that he's, in my opinion, by him um, being gracious enough to return to this place where there is such, such has been such bitterness, um, it shows that he has more class than a, a large percentage of the fans do. You know, because this, you know, burning his t-shirt, burning his shirt in the street. You know, you love this man for all these years, and he's given you so much, but yet you treat him like a runaway slave. That's unacceptable. You know, he's not he's not anybody's slave, not anybody's boy. And he's proven that time and again. Um, and what I like about LeBron and I, and I have I've never met him, but I, I know Chris Broussard, who's who knows LeBron very well. And I asked him about LeBron's personality. I said, you know, LeBron comes off to me like a guy who really is a team player, who wants the team to uh, to do well. He wants to make other people better. And that's what I saw in him, in even the McDonald's All-Star game. I remember I had never seen a player control that game like that. I mean, everybody's trying to show how good they are. He literally right. controlled that game the way a father is controlling a game where all his children are playing. And he's, he's deciding who's going to get the ball this time. Okay, Jimmy, you took the last <laughs> shot. I'm going to give it to Billy. You know, yes. I mean, he, he controlled the game. So, so he, but he wasn't scoring all the points. He wasn't trying to soak up all the glory. He just wanted his teammates to uh, to have a good experience from playing with him. And I asked Chris, I said, does that translate to his personality? Because you know, you're an athlete, uh, more, much more so than me. You were actually, people should know you're an extraordinary athlete in college and, and uh, it predicted to go to the NFL and all that stuff and also a smart guy. Um, you know, the way per, a guy plays basketball often translates to who they are as a person. Like yes. there was a difference between, you looked at the old school Knicks, there was a difference between the way Allen Houston played versus the way Latrell Sprewell played. And, and it translates off the court. Off the court, Allen's a nice guy. Latrell's a little bit of an asshole, you know, who tries to beat up his coach, right? And he and and, and, and so I think with LeBron, I see a guy who um, who really wants his teammates involved, who really wants to elevate other people. I think he wants people to like him. He wants to be a part of something. Maybe that comes from being, uh, you know, being an only child to a single mother who was dropping you off at different people's houses. You know, it seems like he wants to be a teammate, and 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 I respect that about him. You know, but but at the same time, you can't mistake that kindness for weakness. And, exactly. and, and I, I've seen that a lot with my brother. My brother's a very kind, polite, respectful person. But when you try to punk him, when you try to challenge him, he's going to let you know that he's a man. And I think that what, what, you, what you're talking about with Gilbert, Gilbert with that letter, I mean, you know, if, if his attitude was anything like that letter, he, he probably tried to punk LeBron and made him feel like he had to stay in Cleveland, like you owe me this. And LeBron said, no, I'm going to leave just to let you know that I am still my own man. Exactly. Same, thing, same thing with Pat Riley. Oh, LeBron will be fine. He's coming back. If he's if he's really if he's not a quitter, he'll stay with the team. 
<laughs> I, I, I see LeBron saying, "No, I'm I'm going to show you who's in charge here." Um, you know, is, is that what you is that what you're seeing too? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, LeBron represents. He's really showing uh, future athletes how they should conduct themselves. And um, I actually did a story about the letter God, that, that Dan Gilbert wrote, and um, and showed the parallel. You know of of LeBron and because think about it, if you were fired from your job or you left your job and your boss tried to publicly humiliate and shame you and say some of the things about you, you know, say the things that he said about LeBron, uh, would you go back to your, would you go back and work for this man? Hell no. It'd be hard. And then, and then not only that, what would your friends think about you? What would your family think about you? How, how, how do you think they would view you if uh, you went back and worked for this dude who tried to punk you? You know, you, you can't you you would not be able to hang around your boys. Your boys, they, they'd be too ashamed. They'd be like, ah, oh, he, he got punked. He still, you know, bend over, no Vaseline. You know what I'm saying? That's no, Vas- that's no Vaseline talk that Dan Gilbert gave LeBron. So, but he, uh, but LeBron, what I like what I love about LeBron, he quietly, subtly uh, lets the NBA, the owners, and everybody know that y'all need me more than I need you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, uh, I will hold, I will I will sit here and delay my decision. I will take my time making my decision knowing that it affects all these other decisions. And no, you're not going to rush me. I love it. I love it. He's 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 not a punk. He's actually, and I think he's very good for the NBA. You know, he he, he doesn't. He's not over the top. Not out getting in trouble. Not out making oh. bad decisions. Uh, he also cares about something other than himself in basketball. And that's and one more thing. One more thing. Yeah, sure. Even though LeBron left the Cleveland Cavaliers, he never left. LeBron does so much for Akron and the Cleveland communities uh, as far as community service. He still keeps his home there. Um, he loves where he's from. Like I said, when you had, when when they, the city, his teammates, his, his teammates' parents, they actually helped raise LeBron. Literally, there's a lot of love for that area for Le, from LeBron. He never left. He just. Uh, and, and, I, and I allude to this in a story that I wrote for Boss Sports. Uh, in our terms, he just transferred his job to another city, but he never left. His heart never left Cleveland in Akron, in Akron or Akron, Ohio. You know, so, yeah, LeBron, kudos. Yeah, LeBron gets a thumbs up for me, too, a double thumbs up. I can't say the same for Kobe Bryant and uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, so, no. <laughs> no, but that's another conversation. And I'm a liquor fan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's we definitely got to have that conversation. Well, uh, well, it was it was great speaking to you, John. Man, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me about this. And uh, everybody, I want you to know that that uh, John, his name is John uh, John Henry Harris. That's his nickname. He's a he's a respected sports and hip hop writer, and he did not want to do this interview. 
but uh, but I, pun- I punked him into it. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't punk. I can't. Ain't no, ain't, ain't no punking this man. I, I, I'm totally re- retracting that statement before I get in trouble. But no, I, I asked him. I asked him uh, uh, politely uh, several times because I really wanted his perspective because uh, because John knows what he's talking about. Um, he, he's not just a good athlete, but you're also a good brother, and that's that's why I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, I appreciate you, boys. You know that. You know that we go way back like Cadillac. Sure do, man. Sure do. That's that's another conversation we'll have one day. <laughs> but, uh, but everybody, I want you to go check out uh, John's work. Uh, John Hen- John Henry Harris. He writes for uh, the BrothersOnSports.com. He also writes for ReasonForRhymes.com. That's Reason with the number four Rhymes.com. He he has lots of good perspectives on hip hop and sports, and you really should check him out. Uh, I'm Dr. Boyce Watkins from Your Black World. Thank you for uh, for watching this video. And until we yes. meet again, please stay strong, be blessed, and be educated. We are gone. Peace.